Yeah, what's going on, everybody? This is your host, Kyle Milligan, on the Section 2 show presented by Capital Sports Media Network. From high school to the pros, CSMN is the Capital Region's home for everything sports. Huge news for you guys. So on March 13th, we will be announcing on our website at capitalsports.com and social medias at Capital Sports MN. We're now up on Facebook, Capital Sports Media Madness. It'll be totally free March Madness bracket that you guys can all fill out. It'll be on the ESPN Tournament Challenge app, which you can download for free. You can join this group on the 13th. You just have to follow the directions that we're going to put out on the 13th. You'll see that on social media. You'll see that on our website. You can fill out a bracket as soon as March 15th following Selection Sunday, which is only a few days away now. Totally free entry. You're allowed one bracket, so you just fill it out. Make sure it's your best guesses. We all know anything can happen in the month of March in college basketball, but that's the fun of it all. Our top three after March Madness will be getting a gift card of their choice. So whoever finishes top three in our whole bracket will be getting gift cards of their choice. Our first place award is $100. Second place award is $25. Third place is $10. Remember, that's totally free. Join and give yourself the chance to earn a gift card of your choice. We are streaming on YouTube Live for every single weekend game on opening weekend all the way to the national championship. So make sure to keep an eye out for this post on March 13th where you'll get all the information you need. All right, moving on here. I have a loaded episode planned for you all today as we bring in LaSalle Cadet Bo Catherwood here shortly. Last week we had a great episode as we got the chance to sit down and talk to local Providence woman basketball commits Megan Herter and Olivia Olson from Shenaniskuta. Today on episode four, we will get the chance to talk to Bo, who is a very talented two-sport athlete who plans on competing at the next level. But his journey to get where he is at today is a very interesting one. Can't wait to give you guys more information on that. Later on, we will also bring in CSMN Section 2 writer Troy Snyder and NBA expert Will Levis to talk about all the crazy things going on in the league as we start up the second half of the season. Without further ado, let's bring in LaSalle Institute shooting guard and quarterback Bo Catherwood. Bo, how are you doing today? Bro, I'm just happy to be here, happy to get a chance to finally talk to you guys and say what's up. Yeah, man, glad to have you here. I can't wait to talk. Staying busy, it's uh, yeah. it's, it's March, and we got MLB spring training with the regular season approaching. We have March Madness literally here in a few days. You have the NBA start in the second half of their season, and then you get to the NFL draft, which is starting to heat up too. So there's definitely no time to rest, man. Speaking about no time to rest, Bo. You're a two-sport athlete for those Sal Cadets. You play shooting guard on the varsity basketball team and quarterback on the varsity football team. Your passion and future, you told me, if your athletic career seems to be leaning towards basketball, but you still play both at a very high level. What's crazy to me is I know how demanding that quarterback position can be, and you're the leader of the whole squad as a QB and have to prepare more than anyone else on the field. Tell me a little bit about how you find that balance between football in the fall and basketball in the early winter because the two seasons follow right behind each other. Yeah, absolutely. I've been doing this my whole life, you know, since uh, flag football and, you know, CYO basketball. I've been doing it my whole life, so I, that's really kind of smoothed the transition since I've been doing it. And we're talking, you know, elementary school, I'm, I started playing sports and uh, just really getting into it and getting familiar with that transition from sport to sport. Um, you know, I, I got a lot of teammates, you know, all the coaches, coaches I've ever, you know, played for. And uh, the teams I've been with, they were really cooperative and helpful in uh, that transition from getting me from sport to sport. Uh, you know, I have a very supportive family behind me. You know, they come to all, all my events. They watch my games now since we can't really have fans there. But um, everybody's really been supportive of me and, you know, helped me move uh, efficiently from sport to sport and, in a way that I can succeed in both, you know, whenever I'm out there. 
Now you play for the Cap City Scrappers, right? For summer AAU ball. Yeah, absolutely. Does that interfere with your football season or no? No. So my dad has been coaching me all my life, and uh, I'm blessed that I, I still get to play under him, especially with my AAU team circuit, uh, just like Cap City Scrappers, you know. With that, you know, with my dad being my coach, I have that kind of availability to be able to finish out my football season while he can still go and run the practices and come home and tell me what's going on. You know, if, if, if that's what ever interferes, or anything, you know, I obviously put school first. I put school ball first, and then I and then I can I'm able to work out whatever else I need to work out with my, with my dad. Um, but other times when I when I in AAU when I didn't have, you know, it's so easy, you know, maybe not have my dad coaching. I just had to. I made it clear with my coach before I started that I gotta stick to you know school ball, whatever whatever's more important right then, and uh, make sure I finish that out before um, I get into full time basketball. So like. In sports sport, I make sure I finish out. But at the same time, if I have any free time, I'm going to go to basketball practice, you know, when I don't have football games or practice. Right now, Bo, you were a transfer into LaSalle coming from Tamarick High School in your junior year. Talk a little bit about the reason behind that decision and what it has allowed you to accomplish up to this point so far. I mean, there's multiple reasons behind it, but pretty much I felt like at Tamarack, you know, I felt like I always could do more. I always could stand out more. Um, and I felt like, you know, LaSalle really – had what I was looking for, you know, with a Catholic Catholic edu- education, top of the line, uh, athletics. I mean, you can't beat that. You know, LaSalle's a very uh, a very good school, and a lot of people know about it. I had a lot of people reaching out to me, um, letting me know all about it. And I, I obviously discussed it with my family, you know, day in day out. My decision before I made it, I felt like I could always I could do better. You know, I feel, I feel like at Tamarack. If I would have stayed there and I, I played, I obviously I, I feel like I would have dominated. But I don't really know what kind of name I would have made for myself. I felt like if I dominated at like a higher level, I feel like right. My name that, that's, been what bigger, I was, I that's what I was thinking. Yeah. There's probably better competition uh, within the Colonial Council, yeah. right? Absolutely, absolutely, definitely better competition. How much? How much so did like, like the uh, the amount of exposure and opportunity as far as recruitment goes play in that decision? Oh, it's, it's crazy. You know, like Tamarack, you know, it's a small, small town school. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, no disrespect to them. I, I, I love that community. Great, great community, great sports teams, great athletics over there. But, um, I, I felt like I never really got that sense of exposure. You know, at LaSalle, well, we're in the paper almost every week. I, I, you can't beat that. You know, I was always reading articles about LaSalle saying, you know, damn, like, I, I wish I could get in there. And, and finally the opportunity came. And yeah, it was decided, it was, uh, decided it was time to make the right choice make the switch awesome when when did basketball become that number one sport priority for you over football when did that process happen it didn't happen too long ago i think it was when i started playing varsity sports um you know i, I started both sports tamarack freshman uh i started for both varsity football and varsity basketball my way of seeing it is football i, I love playing football games you know i love being in the game i, I love doing what i do um, on the field, but I didn't like the practices so much. When in, in practice for basketball, you know, I, I love every moment of it. Yeah, football, man, they, you know, they I, put I you through practice. hell. They put you through hell at football yeah. practice. Everybody yep. knows that. Yep, <laughs> yep, definitely. It, it, it's just different. You know, it's a different feeling inside. You know, when you wake up, you know, you have practice that day. You're like, damn, like football, like you know, you're about to get about to get killed. But I mean, basketball is just different. You know, I never dreaded going to basketball, even you know, with coaches I've had that that have worked me harder than some of these football coaches. Uh, it's that's, just always been more fun for me at basketball. 
that's another good point there. Like practices, when you wake up for football practice, you're like, oh, like my body, you know, like yeah, you don't have much time to get your body right before the start of the basketball season after football ends. What is that experience like? Like starting up. Like I said, you know, I've been doing it for a very long time, so uh, I feel like I'm pretty pretty familiar with the process. So since I've been a two-sport athlete for so long, I have that luxury of uh, having that muscle memory for both sports. So it's not very difficult for me to go into to, to transfer from one sport to another. And I have, a, I have a lot of friends, a lot of coaches, I say, you know, intact with both of them, both groups, you know. So I'm able to, at the same time as I'm in a basketball season, you know, some days I'll go to the field, I'll, I'll work with coaches, I'll talk to my football coaches. And at the same time, like, when I'm in football season, I, I'm always playing basketball, you know, especially with, like you said, AAU, just around the corner, you know, I'm always practicing basketball. So it's never like I'm fully off in one sport. I'm always playing both, you know, every season. Yeah, as far as style of your game goes for basketball, I know you're a knockdown shooter, and that is something that has been a huge part of your success at the varsity level. However, the people around Section 2 always credit that driving capability that you have. How important is that? to have that second threat of attack in the rim instead of just settling for the three? Uh, it's very important. Um, you know, being more than a one-dimensional player, you know, is always something I've always taken pride in. Um, you know, people know me for, my, for maybe my jump shot, my outside shooting. When you're able to do something other than what you're known for, it, 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 can, it can catch your defender off guard a lot of times. It can catch coaches. They're not prepared for that. But at the same time, you know, like you said, with, the drive, with, with me driving, it's been a thing where – being a multi-sport athlete has really come in handy because when I'm on the football field, you know, they force you to be fearless of that contact, you know, that sense of contact. So whenever I'm going to the ring, you know, I'm not scared of anybody. I've, I've worked on my body for football, basketball. Um, I feel like I, I have a lot of strength built up from being a multi-sport athlete that just allows me to have that luxury to just be able to go in fearless every time I drive to the, to the hole. That's just what I've been doing since, you know, since I can remember. Yeah, that driving opens up the floor for teammates that can shoot, and I know you have plenty of teammates that are totally capable of knocking down that shot. How different is your game day preparation routine when it comes to basketball and football? What's the difference between those two? Obviously, since I've been at LaSalle, it's not very different. We go in each day, you know, every day I wake up on game day, I'm locked in. You know, from the moment I, I open my eyes in the morning, I make sure I'm mentally locked in, physically locked in, hydrated, uh, and I, I make sure I Every, every day I wake up on game day, we make sure we get that team meal in us. Um, we're all locked in. We, football, we do a, we walk through a place. Uh, we go through uh, what we need to do and, and what the other teams we can. We go over the uh, scouting report for both sports, um, basketball and football, and we go over our plays. We, we, just, we make sure we're prepared before we have to prepare, and I feel like that leads us to success most of the time, you know. Preparation part is, you know, it's a huge sport. It's a huge, huge uh, part of sports that uh, we got to focus on. And I think we do a really good job of doing that. Yeah, man, as a QB, it's not like you can just play loose all the time. You have to be locked in and focus on what you went over in practice and know everyone's job, not just yours. Where basketball, I feel like most guys want to play more loose sometimes, just more of a feel type of thing. Now, this season has been crazy for everyone all around Section 2. You and the cadets stand strong with only one loss, on the season, and you're scheduled to round out the season with Colony and then undefeated Albany Academy. That's still the case, right? Yeah. All right, and although there's no sectionals or Colonial Council playoffs, what exactly do these last two games mean for you and your squad? Really, you know, me being a senior and, you know, most of my team is seniors, it, it means everything. 
if, if I'm being honest, it means everything to us. Since we're not in a playoff bracket, um, you know, our, our league decided not to do that. It really means everything. So we, we've been taking every chance to get it, like it's our last. Um, and we got to really play these games. I mean, we got to go out how we want to remember, be remembered. We got to make a name for ourselves. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go out with a loss. So, uh, we've, we've been practicing for this, preparing for this since day one. You know, since this new coaching staff even came here, uh, we've been, we've been on track to do what we felt like we deserved. So, I mean, these games, we look at it like it's a championship. Like every game is a championship game. Uh, so these two games are very crucial for us. And, you know, us playing in the following council, these suburban teams are looking down on us saying like, we don't, you know, we don't play their type of competition. So I think it's going to be huge to, so we can build and really make a name for ourselves and prove a lot of the doubt is wrong. Yeah, man, you share the floor in multiple stubs this year at LaSalle, and you have a roster with multiple guys that look as if they can play at the college level. With all this talent on your team this year, what is it like playing with a team full of college, future college basketball players? Man, it's crazy. You know, I've never been on a team like this before. I, I'm, I'm super happy about it. You know, I'm proud of every one of my teammates. You know, they've always had my back. I've got their back. When I'm out there, well, I, the things I've been realizing this year is when when we're playing in games, I'm like, damn, this is the uh, this is the best team that I've ever I've ever played with. But then when we're in practice, I'm like, I'm saying the same thing. I'm like, damn, this is the best team I've ever played against. Uh, you know, so every practice, I feel like it's really made me better as a player. You know, I feel like every time I'm playing practice, I'm playing the hardest team that I'm going to play this season. You know, we got roster full of college players so I feel like that's really what what helped us you know and making our run this year and last year um that we're able to play against each other you know we're all top top of the top of the line players that uh all could you know have college opportunities but that's really the luxury for us you know I feel like with Salon Institute this year our team is different from any other team like I don't think you compare it to anybody else because we got so many different weapons and so many different ways that we can come at you and I think that's what makes it so, you know, feared and, and effective when we're on the court. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned practice there. In a year where practice can sometimes be more valued than games because of the pandemic, and I'm sure your practices are very competitive because of the competitors that you have on your team. Practice is so important in these times because you never know when you're going to get that next game. You never know if the other team's going to have a problem with COVID or just anything. You're never really guaranteed anything. So for you to have those teammates there, it's definitely an advantage, I'd say, to be more competitive during the season. We talked a little bit before this, and you mentioned you're strongly considering the prep school route. I can see this route becoming more and more common around Section 2. What do you think the biggest reason behind more athletes choosing to go to prep school around Section 2 is? The biggest reason, I think, is, is pretty much the pandemic. You know, that's really affected a lot of people, a lot of families, but also a lot of the uh, college athletes. Um, you know, with colleges giving out this, extra year of eligibility to, you know, the seniors, being seniors again and be able, being able to play again next year. It's really limited those roster spots that will be opening up when seniors leave. So for me, it's, it's just been difficult. The recruiting process has been difficult for me, um, you know, as a basketball player because so many colleges are holding on to those guys. Those guys don't want to leave. Um, so, you know, it's been, it's been hard for me to really get that opportunity. A lot of coaches aren't even recruiting from me. So without coaches recruiting and, and reaching out, um, it's just been tough for a lot of guys, you know, including myself, that they're given the extra year of eligibility. It's just affected us most. Yeah, we around Section 2 in Capital Region will be keeping a close eye out for 
your decision here and where LaSalle can go to finish up this season. All right, let's take a step away from Section 2 sports and talk some NBA. For this segment, I want to bring in CSMN Section 2 writer Troy Snyder and future CSMN NBA reporter Will Levis. Troy and Will, how are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Doing good as well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, guys. All right, sweet. Let's get after it here. With me now, we got LaSalle shooting guard and quarterback Bo Catherwood and goes high school shooting guard Troy Snyder, along with my guy Will Levis here at MCLA. Fellas, I want to get into NBA. As we kick off the second half of the season, there's so much to talk about. ESPN's second half power rankings are here. At number one is the Utah Jazz. At number two is the Brooklyn Nets. At number three is the Philadelphia 76ers. At number four is the Los Angeles Lakers. And at number five is the Phoenix Suns. I'm curious about your thoughts about these power rankings, guys, and I want to give us a chance to give me get your own first. Will, break these power rankings down for us. So first things first, we got Utah Jazz at number one. And rightfully so. Every game they've played in, they've been competitive. Although they're six and four in their last ten games, the whole year they've been consistent. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert doing a good job at uh, leading their teams. Second, we have the Nets, and you know they've been playing. They're nine and one in their last ten, and they still haven't had their big three playing a, playing a game for more than what three games. They've only played three games together, and yet they're nine and one. They have so much firepower. They just added Blake Griffin. They got a uh, Jeff Green in there giving good bench minutes. And, you know, James Harden, uh, MVP candidate just about every year. Kevin Durant putting up amazing numbers, looking like his old self. The only thing that is questionable with the Nets here is defense and health. Got to make sure they're healthy. And then I think that we're looking at some title contenders right here. Third, we have the Philadelphia 76ers, Embiid. Um, it's looking like he's the front runner for the MVP. Although I think Nikola Jokic deserves to be a front runner as well. And Bede is uh, leading the 76ers to a, the number one in the East, if I believe. Yeah, 24 and 12 ahead of the Nets, although they have the Nets have more firepower. Um, ben Simmons, uh, I think, honestly, Ben Simmons was the biggest winner in the Harden trade, gave him a peace of mind. And he's just been bowling out, giving out good performances, shooting 57% from the field, I believe. Uh, looking at the Phoenix not the Phoenix Suns, the Los Angeles Lakers. It's uh, amazing that they're still in the top five. They've been playing without Anthony Davis. Health is also a huge concern for them. LeBron's aging, but he's still the best player in the league. Los Angeles Lakers are still getting it done. Three and seven in their last 10. So I'm quite honestly surprised they're still in the top five. But when LeBron's on your team, you know, anything's possible. Big surprise this year is the Phoenix Suns. When the CP3 trade happened, you didn't think they'd be uh, so high up in the standings in the West. Right now, they're currently 24-11, two, two and a half games out, eight and two in their last two. And, you know, Chris Paul has been a great addition for Devin Booker. Devin Booker's taking quite a hit on uh, production with the incoming of CP3. But CP3 has been able to distribute. And anywhere CP3 has gone, he's had a positive effect on the franchise. And the, the Suns are winning a lot of games. Will they remain the second seed in the West? No, I don't think so, but I think they will still be a playoff contender, giving us some good games. All right, guys, I want to give us a chance to make our own power rankings. So, Bo, I'm going to have you lead us off here. What are your power rankings for the NBA? Well, my power rankings, you know, they're a little similar to the ones that ESPN came out with, guys. It's the same teams, but I just have to switch up a little bit. So, you know, I, I, I got to keep Utah at the one spot. I think Utah's been doing a really good job this year. Uh, like Will said, you know, with uh, Gobert and uh, Mitchell, you know, leading the team, they've been playing out of their minds. 
I'm a I'm a keep Brooklyn at two because I I see they just got Blake Griffin. You know, that's a veteran spot. That a veteran, you know, uh, spirit can really help a team, you know, thrive. So but I'm gonna have to switch. I have to put Philadelphia at the five spot. I have to put the Lakers at the three and Phoenix Suns at the four. Um, you know, I feel like the Los Angeles Lakers are playing really well, even without without Anthony Davis. And I feel like they're gonna continue to do that. Uh, I've never, I've never had really faith in Philadelphia. Really, uh, I've, I've seen what they've done the past few seasons, and it just hasn't really surprised me at all. Um, but Phoenix Suns, that, that's a team that I'm pretty interested in right now. I'm interested to see how Devin Booker reacts to you know not making that All Star, All Star spot. Uh, I feel like he's mad about that. I, I, I feel like that's going to build a fire inside of him. I think he's going to go off and show what he's really capable of in these next few, uh, next few games. So I'm excited to see how this pans out. Yeah, definitely lit a fire for Devin Booker last year, I'll tell you what, because he, he balled out definitely in that bubble. Troy, what do you got for me? I got the same team, just switch around a little bit. I'm I'm going to put Brooklyn at the one slot and move Utah down to the two. I mean, you just look at talent alone, and they're they're the best, best team in the league. And with having the four or five just stars, they still have, have a pretty solid bench. I mean, if they can stay healthy, they're the best team in the league, no doubt. Utah is very good as well. Obviously, they got the dynamic duo in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and that, that should just carry them right to the end of the season right there. At three, I got the Lakers. I mean, even without Anthony Davis, I still feel like they, they've been balling out. And once they get him back, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. At four, I got Philadelphia. You know, I'm putting them over Phoenix just because, you know, they're, they're at the top of the East. You know, they're 24 and 12, I believe. That's that's tough to put anyone else over. And uh, at five, I, I got Phoenix. I think that's a perfect spot for them. All right, so my top five, I got the Brooklyn Nets at number one. They have three superstars. Health is the key to them being able to finish up this season, obviously. The big three needs more time together on the floor. Like Will said, that we really haven't seen all their guys play together consistently. I don't put them at one because of their performance so far. I don't put that up them at one because of their record. I put them at one because I just can't see anyone beating them in the East, and it looks like the Brooklyn's path to the championship is a whole lot easier than anyone in the West. So I got them at number one. I got the Utah Jazz at number two. The reason I put them at number two and not one is because they lost the last four out of their seven games. How they play out of the break and down the stretch is key. Jordan Clarkson is averaging 18 points over 26 minutes off the bench. He's been balling out. They need a few more guys to kind of step up in those roles for them if they want to be a championship squad. But they are star heavy, and that starting lineup will be able to get it done with Jordan Clarkson off the bench. At three, I got the Phoenix Suns. So they got two overtime losses. Four losses came a week after returning from the postponements due to COVID. 11 losses total. So right there is a few losses. Six losses that are kind of like last second and also lost because of COVID. And that's all That's all hard to deal with. And they started the season out eight and eight and then won the last 16 out of 19. So the, really, guys, before we head into the break here, they were the best team in the NBA. You take, if you take away the first 16 games of the season, winning 16 out of 19 is not an easy thing to do in the NBA, especially during COVID with all this road and no fans. So they got the second-best record behind Utah right now. They will go as far as their backcourt can take them with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. At number four, I got the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid is a monster, and he's my favorite right now to win the MVP. He's averaging 30 points, 11 rebounds, and a block and a half per game. Now listen, obviously the MVP, we I think we all know that it should be LeBron or KD every single year, but remember, there's a regular season award with regular season stats, so Joel Embiid is right now my favorite. At number five, I got the Los Angeles 
Clippers. <laughs> now, I'm not really confident when it comes to the Clippers, but this is the regular season rankings, guys, power rankings. And when it comes to the regular season, they are a very good team in the regular season. Right? I like to call them the opening day champions. They are very good at beating the Lakers. But when it comes to the playoffs, don't see Paul George being there. Kawhi Leonard will, you know, obviously play good, but I, I really see them as the fifth best team in the regular season. I want to I want to emphasize that as much as I can in the regular season. Now listen, everyone's wondering, why are you a Laker fan not putting the Lakers in the top five heading into the second half? Well, when Lakers are healthy, I promise I am not worried. But I did kind of see these rankings, and I assumed, you know, it's, it's got to be because Anthony Davis isn't 100%. And if he's not 100% right now, which I don't think he is, I don't think the Lakers should be in the top five because I don't think they're a championship team without Anthony Davis being fully healthy. I have all the confidence in the world that Frank Vogel and the Lakers will handle, handle the LeBron and AD situation very carefully in the second half to ensure they're healthy and ready to go once come playoffs. Moving on here, before we close up, I want to each go into picking a team in the Eastern and Western Conference that is out of the NBA playoff picture right now, but that we believe will end up being in the playoffs at the end of the season. And we will also pick a team for each conference that is one of the top eight teams right now, but that we believe will end up missing the playoffs this year to help our fans out and listeners out there. Troy, you can start us off here. Uh, who's who's a team that's in right now, but will be out? Uh, so in the Eastern Conference, I got the Atlanta Hawks. They're a team that I've I've loved watching this past season. Um, they have great shooters, obviously, and uh, and Trey Young and uh, Kevin Herter are just to name two. And they're rebounding down low with uh, John Collins. Like it's pretty underrated as well. Um, they're a team that can get hot and stay hot in this back half of the season. And I really see them being able to do that. All right. So what do you got for the other side? And that will be out. Uh, out out in the West, uh, I got my my dogs, the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they got the best point guard in the league uh, who was playing like his 2015-16 uh, season MVP self. Uh, Draymond is playing the best basketball scene and played in quite a few years. And uh, they got James Wiseman, who is, uh, in my opinion, is a rookie of the year candidate. I mean, I, I love the way this team is playing right now. Uh, and uh, hopefully they can keep it going uh, coming out of the break. Will, what do you got for me? So I'm going to start off with the Western Conference. I believe the Spurs will fall out of the playoff picture. Pop is a great coach, of course, as we know. But um, I don't think just the Rosen can do it in, in San Antonio. Although he has DeJounte Murray and uh, Jacob Pertle has been playing some good basketball, I don't see them staying uh, playoff contenders. I think the Warriors might sneak in there and fall in the 7 or 8 slot because Stephen Curry is just the, one of the best point guards in the league, and he's putting up ridiculous numbers. Um, James Wiseman is coming off injury. He's looking to get healthy. Uh, we got Draymond Green being a good distributor, and the Warriors—they've always—they've always played well with the small ball. So I believe they're—they're—they're going to do a good job here. Um, looking at the East, I'm going to have to go with the uh, Atlanta Hawks. They fired their new coach, they're looking for a fresh start for the second half. Clint Capella's been a monster down low. I think he's leading the league in rebounds, if I'm not mistaken, but he's up there for sure. Uh, Trey Young um, should have been an All Star. Don't know why he wasn't really, but you know the. I'm sure that's going to light a fire under him as well. They got John Collins. They got some good shooting in Gallinari and uh, Kevin Herter. They also got uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, I believe his name is. And um, they should be looking for a good second half coming out of the break. Well, what about you? Um, yeah, I think we're pretty much pretty much in a good agreement here. Um, you know, I, Eastern, Eastern Conference, I definitely got the Hawks. You know, like I said, with Devin Booker, same, same story with Trey Young. 
you know, both snubbed out of the All-Star. And I feel like that's going to light another fire under Trey Young. That's going to be scary for a lot of teams in the East. You know, he's got a good team built around him. And he's putting up crazy numbers right now. So I think he's going to continue to do that. And I, I feel like that team's going to win with a new refresh, a new coach. But I'm going to have to have uh, – I, I don't think the Pacers – I mean, the Raptors are going to stick stick around in there. I think I think the Raptors might might fall down, and I think that Atlanta could fill in that spot. Um, but if we're moving to the West, I think we're in agreement with the Warriors. I, I like the way Steph's playing. I like what he's doing. I like I like the new addition of Wiseman. I think he's dangerous. I think he's one of the best bigs, you know, in the league now. And uh, it's just his rookie year, you know, I see him doing a lot. And he's got a lot of potential. But I, uh, like Rook said, I, I really don't see the Spurs fitting into that playoff uh, run. I don't see the Spurs doing a lot. You know, obviously, Greg Pop, great, great coach, but I, I just don't see that that they have a team that can really withstand, you know, the second half of the season. Bo, Will, Troy, I appreciate you guys coming on the show today. Good luck with the rest of your seasons. Be safe, guys. Appreciate you, Fabian. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. There they go, Bo Catherwood of LaSalle Institute and CSMN Section Two writer Troy Snyder, along with. My buddy here at MCLA, who I was saying his last name totally wrong. I was saying Levis. His last name's actually Leno. Anyway, that's going to be it today on the Section 2 show presented by Capital Sports Media Network. Thank you for joining us this week. I have plenty of more fun episodes scheduled for you all. Remember, get ready for the Capital Sports Media Madness and keep an eye out for that and all of our great Capital Region and national content on our website at CapitalSportsMN.com and our social medias at Capital Sports MN. Once again, we're on Facebook. We launched a few days ago. We're on Instagram, obviously. From high school to the pros, CSMN is the Capital Region's home for everything sports. Once again, thank you for listening today. Make sure, stay positive, test negative. CSMN founder and host of the Section 2 show, Kyle Milligan. I'm out of here. What's going on, everybody? This is Kyle Milligan, founder of CSMN. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Capital Sports MN and find all of our content on our website at CapitalSportsMN.com. Peace out, everyone. God bless.